have exercised the demons that were in the sound speaker this morning, and doing good now uh, today. It has been a while since I preached on a very, very full stomach, but it's still buttons, so we're all right. <laughs> oh, I've missed the potlucks. Thank you, everybody, for pitching in and being a part of that, and glad to have it back in the rotation, and uh, looking forward to having our missionary preach the afternoon service in a couple of weeks. I always thought that was fun, but I have them preach in the afternoon, and then after lunch, they kind of look at me, and they're like, so I'm supposed to preach now? Yep, that's how it works. That's why you're doing it, not me. Uh, Jeremiah 28, today we're going to look at a man named Hananiah, and a uh, false prophet, and Jeremiah and the Lord through Jeremiah, uh, his, his uh, response to him, and some important truths in chapter 28 today. Let's pray and then we'll, we'll look at it, okay? Lord, thank you for letting us come this morning uh, and again this afternoon. Thank you for the time of fellowship and uh, Lord, to hear things going on throughout the church, the talking, the laughing, the playing, the uh, music, all the different things going on. Lord, what an encouragement it is on an already beautiful day, uh, Lord, to be in a place with a group of fellow believers, Lord, to have uh, Christ-honoring fellowship. God, I pray now as we look into your word and the important truths that are here in Jeremiah 28, God, I pray that we would learn from it, that we would not go down uh, some of the same paths and mistakes that are made, and Lord, that we can make the right decisions moving forward, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Jeremiah 28, uh, like I said, we're talking about Hananiah. Verse 1 mentions the fact that Hananiah is the one that is doing the speaking here and what we're getting ready to read. And so this is Hananiah, he's not of God, he's not from God, uh, any of those things, but he is a supposed prophet uh, here, the uh, son of Azur, uh, the prophet, which was in Gibeon, verse 1 says. So he's speaking now to Jeremiah, in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the peace, uh, peace and priests, and of all the people. And this is what Hananiah said, starting in verse 2, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts. Remember, God did not give these words to Hananiah. The God of Israel saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. You remember last week, we looked at Jeremiah put the yoke over his neck as a symbol, as a picture, and brought it in. Verse 3, Within two full years will I, Hananiah, bring again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, saith the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. This is Hananiah saying all these things. In these verses, verses 2 through 4, have you seen anything about repentance? about returning back to God, about praying, anything like that. No, none of it's there. In chapter 24 and several other chapters, we've seen God say, repent, return, all those sorts of things. None of that's mentioned here in Hananiah's message. Look in verse number 5. Then the prophet Jeremiah said to, to the prophet Hananiah, in the presence of the priests and in the presence of all the people that stood in the house of the Lord. He said, even the prophet Jeremiah uh, said, Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words which thou hast prophesied to bring again the vessels 
of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon unto this place. Jeremiah is saying, I want this to be true. I hope this happens. This would be great if this happens. Uh, Jeremiah had been praying for this to happen, but he's also been prophesying the truth that God has been saying. So in verse number 7, uh, 6, excuse, uh, 7, yeah, verse number 7, it says, Nevertheless, so he's saying, I want this to happen, I want this to be true. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in thine ears and the ears of all the people. The prophets have been before me, and before thee of old prophesied both against many, uh, uh, many countries, against great kingdoms, of war and of evil and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesieth of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke from off of the prophet Jeremiah's neck, and he brake it. And Hananiah spake in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. This is interesting because Hananiah continues to push this message. In two years, everything will be back. In two years, the yoke that, that uh, we've been wearing because of Nebuchadnezzar will be broken. Uh, in two years, everything will be back to normal. Sometimes we feel like if someone is bold, that they are truthful. Sometimes we feel if someone says it with some oomph in their voice, if someone says it with some power in their voice, if they're screaming and they're yelling. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a church like that. I know several of you have, where the preacher screams and yells and spits and sweats and all those kinds of things. And some people get fooled into believing that because it was said in such a dynamic way, that it must be true. Boldness does not equal truth. Style does not equal truth. I have sat and listened to some of the most boring preachers that you can ever imagine, yet the truth in which they preach was powerful. It was life-changing because it was God's truth. Now listen, I don't like boring speakers. You don't like boring speakers. I get that. But I've sat and listened to some of the most flamboyant pastors and preachers and listened to them say nothing for an hour and even two hours at one point. It is no good to sit under flamboyant preaching, energetic preaching, loud preaching, if there's no truth being proclaimed. Hananiah here had a bold statement. In two years, everything's going to come back. Yet none of what he said was true. And oftentimes, the, uh, the fake, the falsehood, mimics truth. Hananiah saw Jeremiah come in with the yoke around his neck. So he takes that yoke and he breaks it. Another picture, another symbol, but this time not of God. Was it as powerful? Was it as memorable as Jeremiah coming in with it? I believe it was. And I believe the people who like to hear everything's going to be okay liked his message too as opposed to the Jeremiah's, everything's going to be really bad. But truth is what matters. Truth is what is important. And we see at the end of verse 11 that Jeremiah, he didn't sit here and fight. He didn't sit here and argue. He didn't sit here and yell. It says that he went his way. He left. I'll say this again. I think you know this. But there is a time to fight and there is a time to walk. There is a time to turn the other cheek. There is a time to... 
Uh, let them yell and scream, and yet let them do their thing, and for us just to walk away. But in verse 12, it says, Then, this is important, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. So this is no longer Hananiah's message. This is definitely not Jeremiah's message. This is God's message that he gave to Jeremiah to give to the people. And it says that Jeremiah, after that, excuse me, Hananiah, the prophet, had broken the yoke from off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Jeremiah does, verse 13, uh, from God, Go and tell Hananiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. You've broken the wooden yoke that Jeremiah had, but now you are placing the people within a yoke of iron, an unbreakable yoke. It says in verse 14, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him, and I have given him the beasts of the field also. You understand the total authority that God gave Nebuchadnezzar? It's not just over the people, it's over the land, it's over everything in it. It's Nebuchadnezzar's now to rule. Verse 15, Then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent thee, but thou makest this people to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee from off the face of the earth. This year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Hananiah comes in and he's trying to rally the troops. Hananiah comes in and he likes the, the, the pats on the back and the applause. So he comes in with a message that he knows the people are going to like. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> it's happening all over our country. Where people will walk to the pulpit or the table or the stool that they sit on or whatever it is that they're preaching around and they'll walk up there and they'll tell people this these messages that they want to hear. Listen, when you're a kid and you're trying to sing and your mom says you are the best singer in the world, nine times out of ten, she's just saying that to be sweet. Right? She's just saying that to encourage you. It's sweet. It's cute. It's whatever. And then all of a sudden you become a teenager and you're like, I'm going to show my friends and you go out to sing and you're horrible. And they tell you, you're horrible. And you say, but my mom said I was the best singer in the world. You see, she told you what you wanted to hear. When we do that, when we play that with the Bible, when we play that with God, when we try to tell people what they want to hear, because society tells you, tell me what I want to hear. Right? That's what they want. Tell me that everything's going to be great. Tell me that I'm going to be rich. Tell me that all my plans are going to work out. Tell me that my lifestyle is right. Tell me all these things so that I feel good about myself. Tell me that my giving money to this organization is going to help me get to heaven. Tell me that being nice uh, on this day is going to help me get to heaven. Tell me that going to church on Easter and Christmas is going to get me to heaven. Tell me that this prayer is going to get me to heaven. Tell me that this action is going to get me to heaven. Just tell me what I want to hear so that I feel good about myself. It doesn't matter because it's all lies. And as a matter of fact, it, it brings them down even more so than they already are. And here God says, Hananiah, you preach this message that everybody wanted to hear, but it's false. 
you broke a wooden yoke, but now I'm going to put on them iron that they cannot get out of. Nebuchadnezzar is going to control not just the people, but the beasts of the field also. This is happening, and there's nothing you can do about it. On top of that, Hananiah, I'm done with you. Your life is ending, and it's ending very soon, and it did. But look at what he said in verse 15. He says at the end of the verse, Thou makest this people to trust in a lie. Now, again, the Bible teaches us very clearly, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sins is responsible for his own sin. You're responsible for your sin. I'm responsible for my sin. But he puts blame here on Hananiah saying, what you've done is caused people to trust in this lie instead of truth. Jeremiah has been preaching what I've told him to preach. He's been saying what I told him to say. He's been warning people. He's been challenging people. And they haven't believed that, but they have believed you. That's why Hananiah's time was done. But look in verse 16. At the end of verse 16 it says, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. Hananiah not only taught them to trust in a lie, he taught them to go against God. And when someone stands up and tries to proclaim so-called truth that says it's okay for you to live this way, to do these things, whatever it is, even though God says very clearly that it's wrong, it's okay, that's not what he meant. And people go, oh, okay. Cool. This is great. I don't have to change anything. Keep living the way that I'm living, and I get all the perks of, of being God's child. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Hananiah, he taught the people not only to believe in a lie, but he taught them to rebel against the Lord, and God said, because of that, you're, you're leaving this earth. Your time on earth is over. And he died in the seventh month. You see, Hananiah had boldness. I believe he had somewhat of fame. I believe the people really liked Hananiah. I don't know if he was a super smooth talker. I don't know what his style was. But I know that he preached a message that people said, I like that one better than that one. I like everything getting back to normal in two years better than 70 years. I like everything over here. Sounds just a whole lot nicer. I'm going to go this way. And in doing so, in following Hananiah, it caused them to rebel against God. So instead of being concerned about sounding bold or sounding smart or sounding whatever, I encourage you, speak truth. Because there have been more people saved in this world by the help of someone stuttering, someone shy, someone who felt incapable, someone who was nervous, but someone who spoke truth then there have been people who've been saved by some eloquent speaker preaching the gospel. Because the power is not in the speaker, the power is in the gospel. The power is not in the messenger, the power is in the message. Jeremiah kept speaking truth, and it wasn't a pretty truth, was it? But he kept speaking it because it's what God told him to do. And I came along, preached a different message. And because it wasn't true, and because of what it caused others to do, Hananiah's time was done. You see, Jeremiah didn't have to go about all of this by yelling and screaming at Hananiah. He didn't have to pick up the pieces of the yoke and glue it back together and say, how dare you. He walked away until God said, okay, now I want you to go speak to him. And he came back and he spoke. 
we get caught up sometimes in the, the optics. The importance is the truth. And let's just speak truth to people. When people ask, I, 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 maybe it doesn't happen for everybody. For me it does, but my coworkers know I'm a pastor, and that, that oftentimes brings this on. But they'll come and they'll ask me, what do you think about this? Do you think it's okay for me to do this? Now, a lot of them don't ask anything because they don't want the answer, but, but I will. I'll have people that come up to me and say, I, I'm doing this. Do you think that's okay? Things that are questionable. Um, things that people want to be blessed by God and, and are afraid that their actions are going to keep them from doing so, and so they're asking these things. Well, speak truth. Tell them the truth. If it's right, if it's okay, fine. If it's not, tell them. And people say, listen, you're supposed to love me no matter what. That is true. But explain to them from the Bible that what they're doing is wrong and how it's going to affect them. Because it may not be a pretty truth, but it is the truth. People who say, don't talk about hell, that's not nice. Well, it may not be nice, but it's true. It's there. It's a place. And if you don't accept the gift of salvation, that's where you're going. And we've all heard people say it in a very not nice way. <laughs> so speak truth and love. That's what the Bible teaches. It starts by having a heart that is soft for God. Because you can't speak the truth in love if you don't love. And you're not going to love your neighbor if you don't love God the way that you're supposed to love God. And so it starts there with your heart. Because in verse 16, there was a rebellion against the Lord. Well, where is that at? It's in the heart. So it all comes back to the simple truth of have your heart where it's supposed to be. Love God. Love your neighbor. Speak truth. And if you want to spread a message that's not truth, buckle up. It's not going to be a fun ride. It's so important, so important that we just stick to the basics of God's Word. We don't have to be special. We don't have to be relevant, we've talked about. We don't have to be spectacular. We don't have to be shiny and glittery and, and whatever. We just have to be true. And it starts in your own life, individually, every single person. Yes, the family and the house and the home is all, it, it, it falls into this, but it starts with you individually saying, I am going to do what God wants me to do. My heart is God's, and I'll let him shape and mold me to be the, the person that he wants me to be. That's where it starts, and then from there it blossoms out into all other areas of life, to be the right husband and the right wife and the right child and the right parent and the right friend and the right church uh, member and the right uh, employee and the right employer and all these things. But it starts very simply individually. And from there it goes, goes forward. So you can kind of make the decision today. Are you going to be a Jeremiah or a Hananiah? Um, I mean, it's, it's basically that simple. Lord, I pray for your help. We have people all around us. We have a world all around us that needs you desperately. My God, even though they need you, many don't want to hear the truth. The truth that a loving God created a place called hell. It's a place that, uh, for sin, that's what it was created for. 
But God, as we are drawing so near the time that we celebrate the victory over sin and over death and over hell, God, I pray that you'd help us to be adamant and bold and faithful in presenting the truth of Scripture. God, that the people you've placed in our life will know the truth, no matter if they want to hear it or not, God, that they will know it. And God, may we rejoice in your blessing and your fruit that you give to us as we go out and do our part to spread truth. God, we would see, we would see the results of it. Lord, I pray that you would help us to love our neighbors better. And God, I pray that you give us a heart for our neighbors, that we would truly care, that we would truly love. Lord, we know that starts with our love for you, so God, help us to love you properly. Continue to teach us, continue to grow us, continue to mold us and make us to what you want us to be. Lord, I pray for the needs we have in our church this week. I pray for um, each person as we go our separate ways, go to work and, and have our, our normal week schedule. I pray for protection. I pray for provision. And uh, God, we just we, we praise you for your goodness. Uh, and again, that was such a beautiful weekend you've given us. And God, I pray that you'd bring us back together safely in the coming days. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for everything you've done today. Uh, and looking forward to seeing you again next week. What are we doing next week? Hispanic. Uh, um, specifically, okay. All right. Uh, so we're having Mexican food next week, and uh, looking forward. That's always a good good week. Looking forward to that as well. We'll be back Wednesday at seven. If you can come, we sure love to have you. Um, we've got new prayer lists on the table. If if you weren't here on Wednesday or didn't get one on Wednesday, they're back there on the table as well. Don't forget about the stuff going on this week or this month, March the thirteenth, the uh, DoorDash, March the twenty seventh, the DoorDash, and then um, missionaries on the twenty first, men's prayer breakfast on the twentieth. Um, and anything else that I've forgotten to say. I don't think we have any birthdays or anniversaries uh, this week. I don't know. I haven't gotten your guys' birthdays yet. Um, you guys have anything in March? Yeah. Anniversaries in March? When is it? Uh-oh, sorry. <laughs> That's my fault. I should never ask that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss Kathy, why don't you come play a round of invitation? Uh, we'll no. Um, so anniversary for Nathan and Andy this month. Uh, that's great. That's wonderful. All right. Uh, don't forget to invite people. Invite your coworkers. Invite your neighbors. Things like that to come as well. Uh, weather's turning. Things are changing. And uh, looking forward to what the Lord has for us in the coming days. Lord bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Let's be dismissed. <laughs>